Welcome to the Rider Dojo with your host, Steve Diamond. I'm your Huckleberry. And Larry Correa. I am that guy. Today's episode, Beta Readers and Writing Groups. Larry, Larry, told, me he, Larry told me I was going to appreciate his, uh, his intro, and I totally do. That's because we're Team Amos. Oh my heavens. Team One of my Amos. favorite lines ever. Team Amos to the grave. Good heavens. <laughs> uh, and the guy playing him just crushed that line. Yeah. We're talking about The Expanse, if you guys expanse. aren't aware. But yeah. Uh, all right. Welcome back to the Rider Dojo, where we give you nuts and bolts, awesome and super, to use a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference, tubular <laughs> uh, <laughs> advice, Larry. <laughs> Today, Larry, uh, I kind of want to talk about a few things. One of them being, uh, we've noticed some very, very, very positive, kind of cool things with our Facebook group, yeah. the Rider Dojo Facebook group. Yeah, this and this this idea for tonight's discussion actually comes from producer Jack. Yeah, um, because. And we owe it to him too, because he is actually the guy who decided to put together a Writer Dojo Facebook group. You'd have thought that at some point you and I would have been smart enough to do that, but turns out no. Well, I'm also usually banned from Facebook, That's so fair. I probably would dude, you're on a record. I've been on for almost two months. Yeah, that's because I had to be on for the Kickstarter, which we I was on for the entire Kickstarter thirty dude, day, or uh, three weeks. You guys can't see what I'm doing, but uh, I'm, yeah. I watch Cycle. Well, if you if you guys pay attention. I, most of the time when I answer with memes, they're always memes relating to the show Psych. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, proud of you, Larry. Proud yeah. of you. Yeah. And the Kickstarter was fantastic. Uh, $340,000. And in a future episode, we're going to talk about weird and crazy like ancillary rights. Yeah, ancillary rights and merchandising. And well, we'll do an episode about that. But we've actually have been on Facebook for about two months now, which is amazing for me. So proud of you. Um, and the thing is, so so Jack had this idea that there's all these writers out there who have bailed out of their online writer groups yeah. because they suck or they've gone woke or they become insufferable or, or they get well or, or they've just bailed from all of the online Facebook groups that they've been in or with all the multiple or they were SIFWA members who've just yeah. completely given up on discussing anything yeah. over there it's unfortunate because everything is just woke and crazy and <sighs> you can't ask a question without like getting harpies descending upon you to devour your soul for, you know, transgressing against and, and the arbitrary the things, gods. Well, yeah. And one of the things that you and I are always saying is, look, it's okay to ask questions and, and to just want just a straight up answer. And that's what you and I have been trying to provide to everybody. That was a, just straight up answers. That was the original goal behind Writer Dojo was we were looking out there at other writing podcasts and especially for genre for us sci-fi fantasy guys. And there was kind of, there was, there was some that were great once and had just kind of like gone to hell. Yeah. Or, or, you know, they've lost their way or, um, they got woke and boring. Yeah, they got woke and they, they, they cared more about appealing to a group of people who don't actually care about you. Yeah. Um, rather than to the giant masses of you out there who are hungry to learn how to be better at what you do. Yeah. So that's we started this. And then Jack was like, hey, let's let's put an online thing for people to actually get together and discuss and ask questions. And you and I are like, 
Oh, yeah. That, that, that's, that's, that's a, a great good idea. idea. You, should, you should totally do that. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> we actually drafted a handful of moderators from the uh, Monster Hunter uh, International yeah. fan page. Cause, great, great yeah, they're, people. they're pretty baller. They're and awesome. big thanks to those guys. They oh, are man. awesome. And uh, But for the most part, we keep a real light touch and let people just like work their business out and ask questions. we got experts from all walks of life in there. Um, so, you want to know about something, somebody in there will have oh, an answer. Almost guaranteed. And one of the very first things that Jack pointed out to us was once everybody flooded in, a, a lot of people were telling the same story. And, and you alluded to it, and that's that people people were leaving their groups because all they cared about was like sensitivity readers. Um, or they were leaving online Facebook groups because all they cared about was showing off how cool they were or shamelessly self-promoting themselves like – Every single friggin' day. Yeah. Man, that gets old. The endless self-promotion should not be flogged on other writers. And if and seriously, for all you people in the Facebook group, if you do that, dude, I will wreck you. Oh, no. We'll, we'll boot you in a heartbeat. I'll wreck you. Because, honestly, it's super annoying. And the thing is, everybody in there has something to the promote. The only one who gets to shameless, shamelessly self-promote in there is me and Larry. Well, yeah. Our name's on it. <laughs> So well, and even then we haven't. I haven't. And we don't do that. I've had, I've had, I've had two new things come out, or or will be coming out during this, and I have never promoted my stuff mm-hmm. in there. You know. So during that whole thing, um, Jack pointed this out, and he's he's like he's like guys, people are asking about beta groups, like beta readers and stuff, groups and of beta readers, writing groups, and then writing groups. Yeah. Now we've talked about this a little bit before. Um, mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's not like this is a new question. Uh, and we addressed it briefly in one of our Q&A sessions, I believe. But um, what we thought we would do is kind of revisit it, refresh your memories and stuff, talk about some of this jazz, and and give you some ideas on how you can use the Writer Dojo Facebook group to facilitate some of this. Yeah. The big thing is is meeting people who are of like mind yeah. and taste and genre and expertise and kind of tuning it from there. Because what you'll run into, uh, the problem with most writing groups, like organic writing groups, is it's a group of friends who want to be writers. And most of them are not published writers. And so they get together and they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And so you got kind of the blind leading the blind kind of situation. Yeah, yep. that's exactly it, dude. And most writing groups implode because it turns into people giving bad advice because they don't know any better to other people who accept the bad advice or get offended. Yeah. But no one really knows what they're doing. And so they're just kind of fumbling along. I, I do know of some successful writing groups. Uh, we talked about uh, we talked about um, Brandon Sanderson's writing. Brandon group. Sanderson actually had a pretty successful one. Yeah, it was a, that was an anomaly. That was a statistic. Everything involving this Brandon is Sanderson's a statistical anomaly. Though. Ugh, gosh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. I mean, though, I mean, if everything surrounding a person is is a st- statistical anomaly, then it really isn't, and he's just doing something better. Yeah, and he's and Brandon just goes and beast he does mode. That. Yeah. That's what he does. But like he look at his writing group, I believe um like everybody in there became a published author with some so. degree of I success or another. Yeah, every single person, I think. Yeah. Which is kind of incredible. And that is not the norm. No, it's not. 
Um, it's freaking rad. If you can get in that group, man, get in a group like that. That's freaking yeah. rad. If you can find a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, you, you got a guy who's like, you know, a genius workaholic and he brings along a whole bunch of other people, by all means do that. Now, I was in a writing group for a while. Um, speaking of Brandon, uh, in, you know, and in, in, in we, we have the utmost respect for Brandon. Um, I went into his class. I, I just graduated from BYU. I went into his class because he was there and uh, went in and stuff. And, and he's like, oh, hey, everybody, this is Steve. You know, I've known him for a little while. He made all these idiotically successful signings for me. Um, and uh, he's just going to sit in and audit the class and have fun. Like, who wants him in the writing group? Because apparently that's one of the very first things Brandon does is he has the group split into. I don't know if he still does this. I haven't been to his class in a long time, in like 10 years. But uh, – you know, he splits everybody into writing groups so that there's, um, I think the general consensus of it is so that there's accountability, which is good, especially when you're a, a new burgeoning writer. But in this one group off in the corner, they all raise their hands, like emphatically. And for a brief moment, I thought, oh, they like me. They really like me. So I get over there um, and two of the people in that group actually are published writers now. Brian McClellan, good dude. Good dude. Great yeah. writer. Yeah, very good writer. Uh, and another guy named Chris Hosberg. Another, another yeah, I know, I know Chris. Yeah, you know Chris from, yeah. from, the, from the cons. And that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool when, when you all kind of came up from the same spot and you're, you're all getting published and, and whatnot. And here's the funny thing, though. In that group, there were a couple other people, but I knew immediately and, and I've told both of them this, and I told them this at the time when we were all still unpublished. I told Brian and I told Chris, I said, you guys are going to get published. I already know it. I'm like, I'm reading over your, your draft stuff, the stuff you're submitting to writing group, and it's already just as good as some of the stuff that's out there. I said, as long as you don't just completely fall off the planet or have like a complete meltdown, you're going to be, you're going to be published. And sure enough, they were. Um, so writing groups can be really cool. Uh, for me, the best part of the writing groups, and we'll start with writing groups and then we'll get to beta readers. Uh, maybe we'll hit beta readers towards the latter half of the episode. Writing groups can be cool. And I think some of the best things that can happen in a writing group, if you have a bunch of people in it who are actually kind of good and kind of intelligent at what they do is one, you get to read pretty cool stuff from individuals who write different from you. And if you're wise enough to look at it that way, you can actually learn quite a bit. You can look at that person and go, oh, dang, that person does dialogue really well here. Mm -hmm. What, what are they doing better than me? What can I, how can I learn from it? Look, that, but, but that's no different than just reading any general book. But somehow when you see that in a writing group, you're like, oh, well, this person's just in a writing group with me. It, it, it kind of it means more. It helps you more. Well, because they're an actual person uh -huh. that exactly. you deal with as opposed to like, a, you know, words on a page. Well, you don't know really those where those came from. <laughs> Magic. You, you don't know what ghostwriter wrote those. You don't think about that when you read usually, you know. But but if you know the person creating it and you know they created it that week. I will say one thing about his accountability 
and that was my next point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think if it, if it's pushing you all to achieve and get stuff done, that's huge. Yeah. That's gigantic. That's a, that's a gigantic motivator. I mean, you and I have talked about the idea of making writing your habit mm-hmm. uh, where possible. So if, if a writing group is helping you set that habit to yourself to write and constantly write and, and whatnot, then, then you're in a pretty good place and there is value there. Now the, the flip side. Writing groups can be absolutely terrible for you. Oh, yeah, indeed. If you get a bad group, I think it's worse than being alone. <laughs> I mean, oh, it'll yeah. actually actively be an active detriment against your career. And to be fair, I think that there's a lot of you out there who had this question where that's the whole reason why you left. Because you, you mm. were able to diagnose that this was an unhealthy relationship that you were having. And you, you like, and I don't know what it was. Maybe it was simply um, they were trying to force you to change your story to what they wanted rather than what you wanted to write. And that's terrible. That that's probably the single biggest problem I see with writing groups. Yeah. And people tried to do it to me. I don't like this. Yeah. Well, be you know, there's there's billions of people in the world. <laughs> you know, you're not it. Yeah. Uh, I had one guy. A, a very early book that I that I wrote, uh, I, I co-wrote it with with a buddy we know, a guy named Rob Code. Mm-hmm. Remember, you remember Code? Yeah. Uh, Coday. Coday. Yeah. That from from one of our L five R campaigns. Yeah. Rob's a good dude. Uh, I love Rob. I hope he's doing well. He uh, he and I wrote this story, and we had a guy who, uh, after a long, crazy, hard day of you know murdering things, he gets back to this bar uh, it's kind of it's very a very old west bar he gets back and uh and his more or less common law wife is like hey look you're tense you know da, 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 da. they're having this conversation she just kind of looks at him and she's like well you coming or what and she like points to the bedroom and then goes off to the bedroom and and the main character just kind of looks down at his drink and his food shrugs just pushes the, all those away and then gets up and walks straight to the bedroom and then the scene ends now look you know what's going to happen there mm-hmm. i don't show anything it's not like i'm 50 shades of graying this up right yeah uh but the dude literally complained about that saying that i don't think that you need to have that in here and and that and he was compl- i mean he spent literally 10 minutes of the writing the writing group session we had telling me why we shouldn't have included that scene. Well, every married dude ever who's come home from our day work, this is not a super... There's no... This is a look, relatable thing I was going to say, people. like, come on, man. Yeah. And now, and I was married at the time. Yeah. He was not. Oh, yeah. And so, this explains some things, right? Now, in the beginning, my very first thought was, I'm, and, and you know me, I'm pretty chill. My very first thought was, well, dang, should I be, uh, do I, do I need to change that? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Like, and, and then I thought, no, heavens no. If I were in that guy's position, would I have done anything different? No. The only thing I would have done different is probably run there instead of walked. (laughs) Come on, man. Like, come on. And, and there's this very real danger 
Um, and it's the same danger that I see with when you receive editorial from a bad editor. Uh, yeah. And that's that they want you to change your story to what they want it to be rather than what you're actually trying to convey. Yeah. And which is which is kiss of death. Oh, because, it murders your story, dude. Because if they wanted to write that story, they should just write it themselves, not yeah. force you to write the story for them. Actually, that's that's all bad critics. And and the other biggest problem I see in writing groups is the person who, and maybe this is you, and if this is you, it's okay, but just stop it. And that's the ultra-sensitive person in the group. Oh, shut up. Yeah, it's just stop. They're, they're like... You say, hey, you know, I'm not – look, the whole point of a writing group is for you to have a conversation early on and say, hey, look, this is a writing group. The point of this is for us to learn and get better. We cannot learn and get better if we're not honest with each other. Now, I'm not saying we need to be mean to each other, but we have to be honest. We cannot spend all of our time figuring out how to sugarcoat something for one or two individuals. Mm-hmm. In order to let you, so so that your feelings don't get hurt. Yeah, that person is going to just be a, a suck. They're and just going to. Every group has them. Yep. Literally. And well, so. Well, and also the, uh, there's the flip side of it. That's the hypersensitive person that you can't be honest with. Well, yeah. Because exactly. they're so sensitive about being criticized. Uh-huh. They don't need to be in a writer group then. Right. And 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 that really hurts. Now. Look, you have to be honest. And if a person isn't willing to accept your honesty, then one, either they shouldn't be in the group or two, you shouldn't be in the group and get the hell out. Okay. But uh, the other thing that I'm, that, that I'm thinking too is uh, an, another pitfall of writers groups are the people who, oh gosh, What's the best way to put this? They're going through the motions. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're like, oh crap! I got to get something on the paper for today. The the dilettante. Um, I had a person who in in a writers group once, who uh, we were set to meet for that week, and the day before he hadn't he hadn't put anything down on paper. He finally did, and I was reading through it, and and this is when I mean we were doing line edit type type stuff and comments on everything. I was going through and the guy, I was about a few paragraphs in and I started getting, I started getting the feeling, the twitch, the itch, so to speak. If you've read some of my stuff, the itch, you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I started getting the itch. I'm like, something's off here. And I realized like the story almost hadn't had no continuity with the rest of the book he would, he'd been submitting. And when, and so I stopped editing, I stopped reading it. And when we got to the group, I asked him, I said, what, what was going on here? And he said, oh, well, I just forgot. So I just threw something on the page. I'm not going to use it. And I said, well, then why are you wasting my time? Like writing groups can be time sinks. Yeah. And what you don't need is someone who isn't taking it seriously. No, if you're going to do it, you should be committed or... In that case, just just tell the group, hey, guys, I'm I'm screwed for the week. I'm not going to submit, but I'll happily read your stuff. That's fine. That's okay. And if you're in that situation, just be honest with them and say, guys, I can't today. Blah, blah, blah. Right? 
As you can see, there's a lot of things about beta or about uh, writing groups that can trip you up. However, there's all the good things too. You just have to you have to weigh through all of these and evaluate the members of your writing group wherever you find them, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, you have to kind of evaluate them case by case and moment by moment to see if they're actually helping you. Now we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to shift to beta readers, and we're going to bring it all back around to talk about how you can use the Writer Dojo Facebook page to help you with all this stuff. So we'll be right back. When Father Tanner, a missionary to a backwater alien planet, discovers that his shipment of medical supplies has been intercepted by an enemy patrol, he is forced to find another way to keep his clinic open. He takes a job treating an injured alien bureaucrat and teams up with Damien Rogers, a smuggler stranded with a broken down ship, to pull it off. But operating behind enemy lines in a galaxy-wide cold war means they have to hide their identities or risk execution. As the patient's condition gets steadily worse, the team's ruse falls apart and they are forced to go on the run, turning Father Tanner from minister to kidnapper. As they struggle to stay one step ahead of the Brotherhood Armada, Tanner races to find the right diagnosis before their only bargaining chip dies on the operating table. Life Support Secret Operations, a sci-fi medical mystery thriller by Joseph L. Kellogg. Available wherever ebooks are sold or direct from the author at josephlkellogg.com. Pick up your copy today. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, in the interim, we were fortunate enough not to be murdered by sharks. That's good. Just hit uh, or miss there for a while. You know, I'm very worried about this on a constant basis. Um, you all send me all these memes and stuff, but uh, look, it's not fun to make people make fun of people with with a condition and where where sharks are literally out to get them every day. I mean, they're like the mob. They're organized. They're team. They have teamsters everywhere. Uh, you know, they follow you. It's it's scary shit. Yeah, Steve. Steve really hated Suicide Squad because it's bipedal. You know, it's shark. really rough. You yeah. got to be careful. Um, okay, beta readers, Larry. Yes. Now, this is something I do use. You use beta readers a lot. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a big writer group guy, but I am a beta reader guy. Um, and not as much now as I used to be, um, because I'm, I got a lot more practice. Yeah. Um, but when I was, uh, especially starting out, I had what I called reader force alpha. Mm -hmm. and you still have it. I mean, it's not I like do. it's gone. It's not. I just, I don't use it as religiously as I used to. And you don't use it for, you used to use it for everything. Yeah. I used to use it for everything. And so what it is, I had a cadre of volunteers, just fans, people mm -hmm. who really like my stuff, but they're also people that I trusted their opinions on. Uh, or they had special expertise. And so I would use them to read my stuff and give me feedback. And I've talked about this a little bit before, but what I was looking for, I was never looking for like um, one person's opinion. So if like one person came back because I didn't like this or I was bored here, I was confused here. But if ten, if I gave it to 10 people and nine of them or eight of them were okay with it, but one or two had a problem, it was probably fine. If I gave it out and like seven or eight of them had a problem, uh, then I had a problem. Then th there was something wrong. So I was kind of looking for just kind of a vibe. It was like a vibe check is yeah. what I would do with them. And um, I mean, Steve, I still use you quite a bit. Uh, uh, I think I still get everything. I think, yeah, I still I give you pretty much everything unless I'm like on a deadline and I don't have time. Yeah. Uh, there's always that element. And then I use Jack a lot too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, – and, and and oftentimes, 
Like, you're not asking me for heavy feedback. You're no. like, Steve, give me your gut check. Yeah, I'm looking for gut checks. And is there is there something obvious I'm missing? So we so you sent me uh, Lost Planet 2 mm-hmm. the other day. Sorry, Lost Planet Homicide 2. Got to be careful. There's a video game named Lost Planet. I know, and I already, I already have one video game named in common. Dude, which... and I watched that movie the other night. Monster Hunter? It's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. <laughs> I don't know why they let... Isn't that Paul Verhoeven or whatever his name oh, is? Oh, no, it's Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh, Paul, that's right, because, Paul W.S. Anderson. Uh, because Mila Jovovich is in it. Why do she's they, in every... How does he still make thing movies? Is, it's not like she's that bad, even. No. That movie... Is atrocious. <laughs> I haven't. The seen The storytelling it. is all over the place. The dialogue is trash, and the CG in it, in some aspects, is just miserable. It's like sci-fi original pictures level. I don't even know if it's that good. Wow, it's so bad. Anyway, sorry everybody. Um, no, so Lost Planet Homicide. Lost Planet Homicide. You sent that to me, and I think my initial response was, "Dude, I don't have time to read this," and then. An hour later, I sent you a message and said, just kidding, I read it and it was awesome. <laughs> but I, I, I did send you uh, one overarching comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there, there was a day in the past when I, used, when I was your beta reader in the past, uh, Steve, who had more time, where I would literally like almost line edit you. Yeah, Steve would send me like like pretty good edits, uh, like 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 deep edit. And now, honestly, what I'm looking for now, because like most of my friends don't have a lot of time. Well, and and I'm gonna let the editors at Audible be your line editor. This thing I have, I'll I let have... them earn their. I'll let them earn their money. I'm not gonna do their job for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I have it? people who are actually getting paid for this. I know. Now. Um, I know. I mean, now you do pay me in burritos and caffeinated drinks, but what? Well, that's different. Uh, so, <laughs> but for you at this point, I. I think my, my comments were like, oh, hey, yeah, I really like this part. I, I, I like the story here. This part, this part right here is unclear for me. Yeah. What, like, I, I'm not sure what you're doing here. And, and I think that if you add this little thing in here, it'll bring it all back around. Yeah. It'll make it, it'll, it'll, it'll make it all really clever. There are bits where like what I'm looking for when I say gut check and it's the rule of thumb that I heard Orson Scott Card say this one time. And it was what he's asking his beta readers to look, or his alpha readers to look for, is are you ever bored or confused? Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm getting you to do a read and you get a part where you're like, I don't get what you're doing here. Oh, I think I get what you're doing here, but it'd be cooler, like, if I, if this happened, it would connect it. Okay, to that, that's valuable stuff. Yeah. Because that's a lot of times something that I was like going for and in my head it was clear, but it, nece- it wasn't necessarily clear for the reader. I, it happens to everybody. You're, you're writing your story and you think you're being awesome or you think you're the worst thing on the planet. One of the two, usually at the same time. And you're, too, you're way too close to the story. There are times where I will write something and then I will edit it out in my mind, it's still in there mm-hmm. or it's in another place, only it's not in the book anymore. And then so that's where alpha reader is really valuable because they will catch those parts that I have edited out. Yeah. And they'll be like, well, who, what's this? And I'll be like, oh, crap. That scene got deleted and that scene was where that came into being. Yeah. Oh, crap. Okay. So stuff like that. Uh, it's just you get close no matter how good you are. You are not so good that you can't screw up. Yeah. 
Now, what, I, what I've come to do is not necessarily full beta reading. I will send pieces or chunks of a book to people mm-hmm. to be beta read. Now, I did this to you. I've done this to you fairly frequently, and that's, Larry, read this action scene for me, dude. Yeah, like, it might be because I have such a time suck. So, oh, like, yeah. I am the worst beta reader ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, or, where, where our buddy Alan, I can be like, hey, Alan do you have three minutes to read this entire novel? And he's like, well, yeah, I totally got that time. Yeah. Because he's such a fast reader. Yeah. And he also- And he retains really well. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's, he's got like a weird speed reading ability. Uh, yeah. He's got some weird mind for that. And so I can send him a short story. And he actually retains it. Yeah. I can send him a short story and he can read it and regurgitate it back to me and tell me where, what he thought was, again, to go back to our acronym here, uh, I use ABCDE. And that's what's awesome, boring, confusing, dumb, and excellent. Okay. That way it ends on positives. Yeah. Psychological reinforcement well, helping cool. myself. Yeah. So anywho, um, he, he can go through that and he can regurgitate back to me all of that stuff on a short story in like an hour. And that's super awesome, but not everybody knows someone like that. Yeah. Um, and, and in general, uh, his advice is really good. Now, if if I'm if I'm like, oh gosh, I need I, I need gun advice or whatever, I can go to you. Or at this stage of the game, I know so many people. Yeah, you know a lot. Of people I, know. I, uh, if I need cop advice, I go talk to my dad. Yeah, and 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 I'm not worried. Like like I can take as much time as I need with my dad. And and those are actually fun. Con- I mean, he's my dad. Those are fun conversations. Yes, you like your. Dad. I, I love my dad. <laughs> yeah. He's he's freaking rad. Uh, I, 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 I talk about how awesome he is all the time on this show uh, and with you personally, but the, that, that is the value in beta readers is you can almost surgically target people if you need to, to get, to get really interesting feedback. Or if you send it to enough people and in mass, they singularly point out one thing, you know, that it's that it's kind of a problem. Yeah, there's a glitch. If if everybody has a problem with it, mm-hmm. there's a glitch. If there's a glitch. But if only one person has a problem with it and yep. ever and, and everyone goes, eh, that's fine. Then you don't need to worry about that crap. Yeah. That's just honestly that's a matter of taste. And that's I think the difference between alpha readers and uh, uh reading groups yeah. is just how much how much authority or how much clout you're giving to one voice. Now within there I want to be clear that when Larry and I talk about alpha readers and beta readers, we use the terms interchangeably. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, theoretically, there's theoretically there is a there is a stratification there, but in practice, I I just use the terms interchangeably, and I think you do too. I I don't really ever think of it. I don't. Yeah, it's just whatever. It's just people after me before it goes to the editors. Uh huh. I really like using certain beta readers, but over the course of time, I've used lots. And oftentimes they kind of weed themselves out if they're bad at their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, or oftentimes they'll just tell me like, dude, I'm sorry, bro. I don't, I don't have enough time to do this anymore. Or there's that's some, fine. there's some that I still like and trust. It's just, I've done this enough. Yeah. Uh, part of it's just like a question of, um, uh, Honestly, it's just confidence in your ability to. Yeah. It's how much you need them. 
And a lot of times when I bounce them off people, I know the story's good. I mean, professionally, because I've done this so many times now uh, for so long that I know it's good, but I want to just kind of get, like like I said, that vibe check, that yeah. gut check uh, of, of people that I trust, you know? So it's not even necessarily that I'm looking for anything. It's just more like, I want to get some feedback yeah. before it goes off to the editor. Yeah. And, and, and it, that can just be as simple as, does this work? Or sometimes I'm just really excited. Oh, yeah. There's that. I'm just enthusiastic. Yeah. And I, this is really fun. And I, that's why well, one of the reasons I shared Lost Planet Homicide with you specifically is because you love gritty cop shows. I love gritty cop shows. And you love police procedurals. And I'm doing a sci-fi. You're doing police, Space Bosch. I'm doing Space Bosch, right? And so I'm like. And I love Space Bosch. Yeah. I'm like, here you go. Check it out. And so, you know, I went for that kind of thing. And that was that was like up your alley. I mean, I, I'm your target audience. You are. And so when you come back and say, okay, this is badass, I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. on the right track. Or, and, and or, or when I come back and say, hey, uh. I, I mean, obviously, I love I love both of the stories, and you guys are all going to love the second one. Uh, but I'll point, you know, I'll point out like, dude, I love this, super rad. I'm confused here, here, and here. Yep. Absolutely. And you go, oh, okay, cool. Yep. And 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 it makes it, I mean, that that's easy stuff. Yeah, I was just like for for like what like I think the one with you is like I I needed like one sentence of clarification. Mm-hmm. That was literally it. Yeah, and that and that that tuned it up, you know. Uh, so, th- so that's the positive of beta readers. In terms of negatives for beta readers, I-, I think, I think the biggest trouble comes with trusting them too much. Yeah, like I said, don't don't give too much clout to one person. No. Um. Now, even if okay, l- you know, Larry and I obviously we we've we've beta read for each other for years now. We trust each other very much. Um. Uh, and, and we've told the story before when it comes to Son of the Black Sword, where I was literally the first person in the world to read the completed manuscript. Yeah. And, uh, and I rubbed that. Well, and I needed I to, rubbed that in everyone's face. And you had like 24, you had like four hours to. Oh, you. you, you <laughs> it was like the next you morning. You sent it to me and I said, I need this tomorrow. Yeah. Or it, it might have, it might have been a week. Well, that's the one where I had to write 16,000 words in a day to get it done yeah. because they moved the, my deadline up like three months. So I read it over. Uh, and. And I gave a crud ton of feedback on that mm-hmm. one. Like I, I kind of pulled out all the stops and I, I effectively gave you a line edit on that one. No, you did a great edit on that one. Yeah. And in, in another life, in a parallel universe, uh, it's probably dark. Let's be honest. It's probably Darkest Timeline Steve. Darkest Timeline Steve is an editor. That's why he's so angry all the time. Oh, obviously. Uh, he's a book reviewer. It's even worse. Oh, man. He, he's an editorial book reviewer. He's, oh. he's just such an angry, angry man. Yeah. With an even more sinister. No, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have a goatee. That's why he's so angry all the time. But he, uh, and, you know, I, I went through and I did that. You, you took a good chunk of the advice. Yeah, there's some a lot of it I did. Yeah, and there's a lot of it you were like, nah. Yeah, well, by that point in my career, I had enough confidence yeah. in myself that I. And you it's know, not like any of that other advice that you didn't accept was bad advice. No, it was just it was like sometimes. Sometimes, guys, you have two viable paths forward, mm-hmm. and like you get advice, and it's not necessarily this good advice or bad advice. It might be good advice, but it might not be what you dis- yeah. direction you decide to go. Well, and and as the beta reader, you don't always have a full picture. You don't know what they're planning past this. Yeah, you don't know what book two is going to be. Yeah. No, the biggest advice you actually gave me was on profanity. Yeah. And actually, and it wasn't. It was just something I hadn't thought of. I have all. I have soapboxes on this, dude. And so when you when you told me that, it was like. It was one of those like well, actually I, I had I had the ocean based profanity, yeah. but I also had a lot of real profanity in there, yeah. like common like a fan of profanity we use now. And Steve was like, you know, it's an epic fantasy novel, and you've already got the ocean based stuff, which is cool and different. Yeah, I mean this. 
and you don't need it, and it will like just artificially limit your your audience for an epic fantasy. Mm-hmm. And he said that, and it's just something that I had not even thought of. I swear a lot in real yeah. life, as does Steve. But Steve pointed that out from you, and you can from that from your bookstore uh, yeah. selling book background. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that, and I was like, you know, that's a valid point. And uh, and I believe it was in the same. It might have been the same book, and that was chapter titles. Yeah, that was stupid. That was just that was a. You were forcing it. I was because well in hard magic I had the chapter bumps yeah were which great are still amazing one of the best things I've ever written uh, were those chapter bumps however and so I was trying to go for and it just didn't work it was dumb and you were and that was one of those I uh, honestly you knew it dude you already knew I it. already knew that was wrong I it, think I think you just needed. I think you just needed someone who was removed from the product to say, "Yeah, this is to say, hey, dude, this doesn't work." And I looked. Don't at worry like, about it. Yeah, because I did. I had I, each chapter had a title, and some of them worked, and some of them were forced, and it felt forced. Well, and that was the trouble. You can feel it. Yeah, you can feel it. And you said that. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I was like, I already knew it, and I was like, yeah, that needs to go. That's yeah. stupid. So there's so much benefit to beta readers and to writing and to writing groups. But there can also be dangers. We're not saying that one's better than the other. We're not saying you have to do one or the other. We're not saying you should do either of these. I honestly, we don't care. The idea is do what works for you, and that's yeah. a very individual feeling. If you're inviting these people in to read your stuff, don't be defensive. Be open. Be analytical, though. So don't be too trusting. You've you've got to be able to have your thick skin. For this. Yeah. Because people are going to tell you stuff because you're creative. It's going to hurt your feelings. Oh, dude. Let, let's not pretend that you or I haven't had our feelings hurt from beta reads. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. There's been stuff like, oh, but I'm oh, so. Yeah. Because the thing is, usually when you hear it and deep down, you know they're right, but you it's something you right. like and you're like, oh, but I like that bit. It's stupid, but I like it. The flip side of that is, and, and to, to make yourself feel better in the time, tell yourself that every time someone says one of those things to you in a beta reader or in a writer group, when the book gets published, um, at some point, someone's going to say something that's the direct opposite. They're going to say something just unreasonably nice to you. Uh, this happened on Facebook the other day. Someone was talking about the, uh, the head shaving scene in Servants of War. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I saw that comment. Yeah. And not going to lie, dude, that made me feel pretty dang good. Wasn't it Emma? Was it Emma? I think so. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Or maybe she was commenting on someone else's post. But I just it. remember it was like, it was like spot. It was like, it was, it was women were saying yeah. that we got that right. And, and dude, like we didn't plan that scene. I just wrote that in the mm. draft. It was awesome. And, and after I wrote it, I knew that scene was gold as soon as I wrote it. And when I read it, it was like, wow, that's yeah. really good. And yeah. it's quiet. It's such a quiet scene. Mm-hmm. And fairly unexpected for a guy who writes all the terrible horrible stuff I do. No, that was good. That but, was really good. So, guys, remember, it's okay. Like thicken your skin up because every time for every time that someone tells you like maybe hurt your feelings because what you wrote just wasn't up to snuff, but sometimes it was not up to snuff. Once your book is published and someone points out the nice stuff, it makes up for all the mean stuff 100 times over. It's okay. Thick in your skin, it's cool. But like, I think what you said is is really important, Larry, and that's be honest with yourself and be analytical about it. Stop if you can channel your inner serial killer 
you can call your inner Steve if you want to. And that's remove emotion from the process. When, when someone is evaluating your stuff, shut down your emotion if you can and, and just take the notes. Yeah. They're either right or they're not. You know, and it's up to you to decide. Sometimes they're both. Sometimes they're neither. Like, you know sure. what I mean? You don't know. But as soon as you start attaching emotion to it, it screws you up. Yeah. Now, cool thing is Jack was smart enough to set up this this Facebook group for us. And uh, there was a comment the other day where someone said something like, man, I wonder, I wonder if we can use this Facebook group to like set up like writing groups and stuff. And my reply was, well, well, yeah, that's literally the point. Obviously. And there's 700 people in there now. So yeah, we want you guys to take this opportunity to find people that are like you meet with them, match with them. I mean, we've been saying this forever, meet with them and match with them, you know, get your, get your online writing groups, uh, meet with, meet with each other in private. However that happens, zoom, I don't know. Um, the world is a small place. Communication is crazy. Your location is irrelevant to writing groups. Now you can do it ever. I mean, it doesn't matter. So go through that process. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't fine, but that's all you got to do. Um, and be honest with yourself and evaluate these things. So Lair, I think that's about all the time we have today. I think so. I think we got that pretty well covered, though. Now, if you're a supporter of the Writer Dojo, which is real easy to do, uh, all you have to do is uh, you can either send us a message if you want to be fairly anonymous, or uh, which is totally cool, or if uh, if you just want to pitch it through through Anchor, you can do that. Um, there's there's a few different tier levels, and we appreciate all of them. You know, no. I'm, I'm not going to get pissed if you only uh, if you only submit at the 99 cent level versus the $10 level. However, if you submit at the $10 level, that means I get to barbecue more often. $10 is like a pound of brisket now. I know. I mean, maybe, maybe even one and a half. So all you got to do, guys, if, if that's what you want to do, you can uh, become a supporter. You can submit questions. And if there's further questions you have about what we're talking about here, let us know. We'll either answer them in question form, or if your question is super rad, we'll just we'll just dedicate an episode to it. It's not like I mean we do that all the time. So, Larry, as always, it's a pleasure to be here with you, man. It's always fun, Steve. I can't believe we've been doing this for a year. Over a year now. That's nuts. Uh, uh, a lucky thirteen months when this episode airs. Sweet. Yeah. This is the Rider Dojo, everybody. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next one. Writer Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Korea. Produced by Jack Wilder and Bear and Hair Studios. Theme song, Word Mercenaries by Craig Naibo. New episodes come out every Wednesday wherever you stream your content. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support us by going to anchor.fm slash writer dojo, by leaving a five-star rating and review, and by helping to spread the word. To advertise on the Writer Dojo, email ads at writerdojo.com. All questions and comments can be emailed to questions at writerdojo.com. I always get too much sun. I'm like a vampire. I stay inside.